Hey, this is Al Petrari from the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and you're with my buddy John over at Iron City Rocks. See you guys soon. Hi, this is Chloe from Rocktopia and Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 409 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 409, we're going to be previewing a show that's currently touring uh, the U.S. It's going to be coming into Pittsburgh on May 7th to do the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead. This is Rocktopia. This is actually the third uh, year for the tour. Uh, we had an opportunity to talk to Rob Evan. Uh, the founder of the show uh, about two years ago uh, and then uh, about a year ago we spoke to D. Snyder obviously of Twisted Sister who was performing with them at the time they've also performed with Robin Zander and, and a few other notable vocalists who have joined them for stints while the show's been on Broadway uh, the show is, is obviously gaining momentum it's wonderful to see a fantastic mashup of traditional classical music opera and obviously hard rock and rock music so what we're going to do, we're going to speak to vocalist Chloe Lowry, who is also uh, releasing a solo album later this week, actually. So we're going to focus on that a little bit as well in the interview, and we're going to play some uh, music from that as well. So what we're going to do, we're going to give you a, a little taste of what Rocktopia is. This is a song that features Chloe on vocals, and then we'll get into that in <laughs> pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks from Rocktopia, the TSO, and, and now a, a fantastic solo album. We have Chloe on the line. How are you doing today, Chloe? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Uh, I think, you know, I personally had the opportunity to get introduced to you um, watching the first Rocktopia PBS special that came out. It's been, what, two years or so now uh, since Rob joined us on the show when you guys were making your initial tour through Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and I had a chance to watch the special on PBS, and uh, kind of floored by your performance of Alone. Um, can oh, you talk you. about what drew you in, and what, you know, obviously that was a leap of faith. You've got a brand new show, um, you know, kind of this cool idea that Rob and, and people had. Uh, how did you get convinced to sign on board with Rocktopia? You know, well, I've known Rob um, since 2010, and he's been, like, one of my greatest friends of all time. And I've done a couple other projects with him. You know, he's got his hands in a ton of different shows and things like that. And I heard through the grapevine and just, like, you know, general conversation of, like, the show that he's been developing. And it was in development, I think, a couple of years before I ever even was considered or joined. 
And um, I remember we were in PSO rehearsal, and he just said, I'm going to call you in January. He's like, I want you to come in for Rocktopia. And I was like, okay, whatever. Didn't really think anything of it. Mm-hmm. And he sent me the music, um, and I kind of had to sing most of all the female songs outside of the opera stuff for the audition. And what I personally really liked about it was that, you know, you do a lot of shows where they're very, like, strict and adamant about sticking to the melody or singing it just the way whoever right. wrote it or the director wants it, right. basically not giving you any kind of artistic freedom. And that's what I really like. Rob was just like, make it your own, do exactly what you want to do, just sing it how you would sing it. We just, we want pe- we want artists to right. come in and do an interpretation of a song, not just sing it as a cover. So um, that was really exciting for me and something, those are things I like to be a part of because I am an artist. Sure. So I went in and I did the audition and I did my interpretations of it and it was like within a couple hours I got the call that I got it. So that's kind of it. Now that performance that the folks can still see, I know PBS is still airing that, uh, was that the actual first live performance? I know that was very early on and before the U.S. tour, was it not? Yes, we basically started rehearsals. We were in rehearsals for about two weeks, kind of just, you know, putting the whole show together, working with the in-ears, working with the new tracks, working with the new band. Like, because everybody, outside of a, a few people, we were all new to the to the show. Mm-hmm, sure. So we just rehearsed it, and then the first, um, I mean, we did, like, one dress rehearsal. And But, I mean, what you see in the PBS special, that was our first two shows that we ever did with That's this lineup. Gutsy move. Gutsy. You know, that's a. It amazes me when you hear professional musicians talk about how, when they when they rehearse, how short of a time frame it is. You know, I, th- I think a lot of people think, you know, you kind of go away for months and woodshed this stuff, and you'll hear, you know, people say, oh, we got together a week before the tour. And, like, okay. It's, it's amazing that the, you know, the, the amount of preparation that must go into that. Um, was that, you know, what people see in that special? Um, obviously, you had a. a fairly large orchestra and a choir. Um, how scaled down is what you travel compared to that? I mean, is it, um, you know, because obviously that would cost a fortune to bring city to city. No, of course. I mean, our stage show, it's it's, it's a smaller format, but I mean, we still have uh, the, the video wall and, you know, all the lights and all that. That's relatively mm-hmm. same, and it kind of depends on um, the theaters or the venues that we're in as to how big it looks but it's still the same experience. Um, as far as orchestra and choir goes, it kind of depends on every city. Sometimes we have full-blown orchestras, um, mm. and then sometimes we only have, say, you know, 10 to 15 players. Okay. And same thing with the singers. It just kind of it varies from city to city, but you still get the full experience. Um, the band and the singers, like, just that alone, it, that's, it, that's really what you're going to hear. So When you... Um when the songs were kind of broken out on who was going to sing what, did you have influence in that, or were you just someone said, okay, you know, she's a soprano, she's a mezzo-soprano, whatever, um, you know, this is a good track for her voice. Was that decision kind of made, or did you guys kind of, you know, politic for which songs you might want to approach? Well, I think, I mean, like I said, the show was a bit created on, on another cast before I ever joined. Okay. And I think my role was kind of known as, like, uh, the big pop uh, rock girl singer like right. needs to have you know a big voice and a, a lot of range because my stuff has <laughs> a lot yeah. of range to them 
But, um, you know, they reconstructed the show from the original to what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I sang a couple songs that say Kimberly sang, and I think Kimberly auditioned with a couple songs that I sang. And at the end of the day, it was, you know, Rob and Bill. Um, Bill's our main producer. They're the right. ones that really decided who was going to sing what and what worked. And I think it was, uh, they made really great choices because, I, I, I don't know, I feel like the songs we ended up singing, they really catered to our voices and what we do well. So it all yeah. worked out. But, I mean, yeah. there's a little trying of everything. Yeah, am I correct? And I apologize if I'm not, but you also sang I Want to Know What Love Is on this tour? Yeah. Okay. Now, when you approach that, obviously Lou Graham um, and Ann Wilson's voices really not you know, to to the normal fan, that's similar. Do you, um, how do you approach each of those as a singer? Is it the different things you have to do? Um, like not even so much singing. Um, it's more um artistic choices. Like I always mm. just think of like, how would I sing it? If I if somebody hand me the song and I've never heard anybody else sing it, right. how would I sing it? And that's always really fun for me and something I thoroughly enjoy. So that's more how I look at it. Not so much, um vocally they're both very much in my range so mm-hmm. it's, it's not a terribly hard thing for me but I think the point was that I just didn't want to like cover it and do it exactly how they did right. it like I really wanted to make it my own right. um, and actually I always um, I have home studios that's like where I recorded my record and mm-hmm. um, I like to take songs so when Rob said hey try I want to know what love is I took it into the studio and I actually just sat there for about three or four hours and recorded a version of it Mm-hmm. Trying to just get comfortable and like create new things on it. Right. Um, so that's typically how I do it. I just dive in and try to make it my own. Yeah, and I think that especially shows on. I want to know what love is because it's got you know a, a slightly different phrasings, um, which makes it I think very interesting. You know, because you, you know, I think a lot of us have heard that song so often um, that it really okay. kind of gives it a new uh, a new cone of paint. Um, it's a uh, really a testament vocally to what you can do you know when you say that's quite in your range and it's not difficult but you know the rest of us are like wow you know those are those are some uh, really really cool songs it was neat looking at it alone did you go back and look at the original version of that you know i have to admit that until a few days ago i didn't know there was another version before heart did it there is yeah yeah if you get a chance go on youtube uh, if there's a there's a previous Who version did it? Oh boy! Now you're gonna put me on the spot here. I think it was called I I dash ten did a cover of or did actually wrote the song. So there's a version out there before Anne and Nancy got to it. Um, I like literally that is blowing my mind right now because I truly thought they wrote it. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. I know in that era, Hart worked with um, a lot of actually, outside songwriters. Billy Steinberg, Billy Steinberg had wrote it. I actually remember that. It's a funny story. When I was younger and I had my first record deal uh, with RCA, he was one of the first writers I was introduced to trying to work on music with. And I remember I was being like, oh, yeah, he wrote that song. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow, I didn't know that, but I would totally check that out. Yeah, it's, it's kind of neat because it, it's you know, in you know, we've I think all heard alone so often, you know, the way that that, that Anne presents it, and it obviously it's brilliant. But it was neat to go back and hear it in a different version, you know, than even the way you did it. Yeah, it was uh, Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly wrote the song actually, uh, and yep. uh, I-10 was their, according to Wikipedia, their pet project. Check that out. That was uh, from I think 19, early 1980s. That was it.
Um, the uh, tour obviously is rolling into Pittsburgh, um, coming in on uh, Tuesday, the seventh of May. Uh, be a, a great night. This is the first time I believe at the Carnegie Library of Homestead for you guys. So slightly different than where we've seen you the last few times. Um, can we talk just a little bit? You have a what I think is an extremely uh, fantastic album coming out here on the nineteenth. Um, the time, the in between. Um, can you talk about you know? Obviously, at this point in your career, you know you've done a lot of work with Yanni, Big Brother, uh, the TSO, Rocktopia. But what brought you to the point now where it's time to say, okay, let's let's make my album. <laughs> well, you know, I've been in the business a really long time. Like um, I said earlier, I had my first record deal when I was 12. Um, and the intention was always to be a solo artist. That's always been my dream. Um, I love writing music. I love producing music. It's, mm. it's, it's literally my, my favorite thing to do. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've had the fortunate opportunity to work with so many people along the years. And just, I don't know, it kind of just my solo project always just kind of took a small turn if you will, just because other projects were coming in or other opportunities, which I completely welcomed. Um, and then I was in the band for a long time and released a couple EPs with that band. And then about uh, a year and a half, two years ago, I went through a really big life change. Um, I left my relationship of six years and moved mm. in, moved to Brooklyn. Um, and it was just a really big, strange change that I was just having a hard time processing. Um, and... What started out as a heartbreak record turned into something a little bit bigger. It turned into um, me changing and growing and evolving and figuring out what my voice was, both artistically and vocally as a solo artist, which um, I think I kind of struggled with, honestly, for a couple of years. And sure. because I've always worked with other bands or other artists or, or things like that, like I, I didn't know if I could make a record on my own. I, I didn't right. have much faith in myself. So it was more just I was pretty... I was pretty sad and just hmm. going through it and I was like you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to channel this energy in a positive way and just challenge myself with no judgment to just write music that feels good that hmm. that, that it just is speaking in my heart right now and so I sat in my apartment um, in my small studio in Brooklyn with my two dogs and I wrote this whole record and I just proved it to myself and I to not have judgment and to write things honestly it's, it's a little hard because you're always like oh what are people going to think right. and I just didn't care I just was like here's my heart here's what I'm going through and if somebody likes it great I, I feel like it, it speaks it's very honest it's heartfelt it's emotional and so it was just kind of like okay here's an opportunity let's put this out let's see where it goes and and it's about to come out so that's kind of it was it something one of the things that kind of to crossed my mind what you know when I first you know put the needle on the record for lack of a better term was what does Chloe sound like as her own artist, as opposed to a member of Big Brother or the TSO or Rocktopia? You know, we've seen you in situations, you know, where you've obviously got to fit, you know, what it is you're working on. But this is, you know, I think, at least to my knowledge, the first time we've seen you as you. Um, was that something yeah. when you approach putting these songs together, you have to think, what do I want to sound like? You know, do I want this to be a rock? Do I want pop? Do I want, you know... You know uh, what I think. You've I think, kind of blurred the lines in some ways with this music, where it doesn't. This I can't say. Okay, this is, you know, FM. You know, teenage pop music. I can't. You know, I don't even know how to classify the songs, which is I think what make them so interesting. Thank you. 
Um, you know, I think, if I'm honest, my whole life, because I'm a bit of a chameleon with my voice, mm-hmm. I can sing pop, I can sing rock, I can sing sure. R&B, um, I have a lot of influences, and I just grew up listening to everything, and I can kind of emulate different sounds, which is why I've been hired to do so many, like, uh, differing projects, like Yanni, right. the TSO, like, they're all sure. different genres. And where some people, I think, thought that was, like, you couldn't pigeonhole me. A lot of people over the years, like, record labels and things like that, they're like, what is she? Like, she's so many things. Like, mm-hmm. we can't define it. And versus I used to, like, hate that, I've just learned to embrace it. And that I am a couple different genres. I mean, ultimately, I think my record is, is pop-focused, and mm-hmm. I that's what I grew up on that's just the, probably the biggest influence, and I actually thoroughly enjoy pop music. But it's sophisticated adult pop. It's not... Yeah, that's. I, I'm not a teenager. No, I'm not trying to be. Yeah, and that's I think a, a um, very important point because I could hear this being on pop radio, but I think there's an emotional level to it that um, shows a certain maturity to it. But um, you know, and that's a that's a wonderful thing. But you think about very few artists get a chance to kind of redefine their sound as they go. So I know you know the first foray into a solo album can sometimes um, define future albums you know they're except for maybe taylor swift i can't think of many artists who went in one direction or are able to make a hard left and go in a different direction um you know so right. that's that's obviously now you have some of your friends from the the tso joining you on the album um and one of them i have to admit i had it, you kind of had to uh do a double take when i heard um the uh, track with nason james um because you know it was like <laughs> The voice, he almost sounds like an R&B singer. When I came across it, I'm like, okay, who is that? And then I Google, like, okay, he's kind of a hard rock singer. Um, can you talk about, you know, obviously you guys are, I have to say, your voice in particular, it's almost like you're showing off in some of that, some of those uh, uh, <laughs> stuff, you know, as you're coming out of the, you know, the, the bridge and stuff, there's some amazing singing in that. Um, were you, did you guys get to, to, you know, do that together in your studio? Unfortunately, we didn't. Um, and originally, that song was not supposed to be a duet. It was mm. written, it was just me. And then I had the brilliant idea. I've known Nathan um, through Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and we toured together, and we're great, great friends. And we've just been fans of each other. Um, our, our voices are similar, and it's crazy. I mean, the guy has the most epic, phenomenal voice I've ever heard. He can sing higher than me. All this, like, it's almost, he has some, like, female qualities while still having masculine qualities in his mm-hmm. voice, and he can sing everything. He's, he's like me, like, he can do some rock, and then he can do some R&B. And we always kind of joke, like, one day, like, we're going to do a duet, or we're going to mm-hmm. do something together. So, um, after toying with the song and living with it for a bit, I was like, oh my God, this is the perfect opportunity. Let me change some of the words right. and make it so that it makes sense as duet. And so he agreed to do it. He lives, he lives in London, so it was a little difficult for us mm-hmm. to do it together, but he recorded it over there. I sent him kind of like the rough idea of what I wanted, and then we mixed it actually in Nashville. And he is actually coming into New York for the very first time tomorrow, because uh, he's actually shooting part of the music video for it here in New York, and then he's actually going to be singing at my debut album show, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. So people will get to hear it live, probably yeah. like, obviously for the first time, and might be the only time just given the fact that we live... <laughs> Across the globe. Yeah, I, I intentionally. I know you're doing videos for you know for all the songs, but I intentionally kind of put it on out out of the visual. You know, I wanted to hear it with my ears, not necessarily watch it first. Um, 
just maybe a, a totally. because uh, you know I like to get my mental image before I see you know what what a director thinks I should think from a song. And after I'm going through the songs, and you've got some you know smaller pieces, interludes and stuff, and that that one just kind of jumped off my page. I'm like, these two are just mind-boggling in parts of the song, um, just amazing. Uh, another one that really I think caught my attention was uh, your cover of Rock Sets. It must have been love, which. I have to say, kind of saddened me when I realized that song is only a few months uh, younger than you are. Um, why, <laughs> why, why rock set? I mean, you know, I, I had to look back and like, wait a minute, that's from 1987. She's from 1987. This, you know, this is, you know. <laughs> you know I, um, I've always been a fan of that song. I mean, I grew up watching Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. one of my mom's like favorite movies. Sure. But I always heard it in there, and I loved it. And I'm um, actually um, during the TSO tour, uh, my girlfriend Ashley Hollister, who tours with me. We are like music junkies. We listen to music all day, every day in the dressing room, getting ready. And I think we just had like um, like a random 80s mix or a throwback mix happening. And we were sure. listening to uh, a ton of 80s songs, um, maybe like 80s and 90s, I can't remember. And mm. it came on and we we're both like obsessed with the song. And I was like, Ashley, I was like, I should do this as a cover. And I was like, I don't even think people realize how beautiful the words are and what yeah. the actual sentiment of the song is because the production is so poppy and almost happy in a yes. way that you just kind of lose it and she's like this is the most perfect idea she's like do it and it made sense uh, where I wanted to put it in the record in theory it just it kind of was one of those kismet moments it just made right. sense so that's why we went with it but I knew I didn't want to do it as like a pop version so right. um, I did it um, more acoustic on my pillow leave the winter on the ground, wake up lonely. There's air of silence in the bedroom, and all around, touch me now. I close my eyes and dream away. It must have been. But it's over now It must have been good But I lost it somehow It must have been love But it's over now From the moment we touched Till the time had run out And I think that's neat how it does fit, you know, I, I, would you consider, you know, and this is kind of a, a tricky word to put on and on, would you consider this a, a concept album? And, and you know, the, the song seems to fit, at least I'd say, the theme of the album. What did you ask me? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the would you consider, would you, would you consider your album a concept album? Oh, yes, 100%. And it, it was an accident how that even happened, but mm-hmm. it definitely, like every song has a meaning and the next song follows like the next mm-hmm. journey of emotions like right. not one song can exist without the other including the interludes and that why that's why it was also important to do videos along with it to more entice people to listen to the record consecutively because it'll take you on a journey so yeah, yeah therefore it's more or less a concept yeah I like that about it because it, it, you can you know watching you know, on the iPod or iPhone or whatever, you look down and you realize you're three songs down the line because it just flows and it it doesn't you know, it doesn't feel like there's shoehorn tracks together. 
um, you know, which you sometimes you'll feel in the concept, and, and that's got to be difficult, you know, with with certain types of concepts where you're handcuffing what you can write about um, lyrically. You know, you can get away with different things musically, but you know, you know, a, a happy pop song may not fit well in something like this. Um, you know, it's, I didn't, like I said, I didn't intentionally set out to go, oh, I'm writing this concept record and I'm mm-hmm. going to talk all about my heartbreak and life changes and this order and things like that. It really just organically happened, mm-hmm. which I think is rare because, you know, sometimes you have to, like, force music out, but this really just came out as more a form of therapy for me and mm-hmm. it just presented itself in this way. And I was like, all right, we're going to go with it. This is obviously what I need to say, so, and this is how I'm going to say it. Chloe, one of one of the things I, I often wonder with singers, because uh, you know you're so close to the lyrics, you know, um, and, the, and the subject matter of the lyrics is obviously a very emotional one. When you go back and and you know you have to spend so much time with these songs from mixing, production, uh, rehearsing them to do them live, obviously doing them live, hopefully for many years to come. Does it sometimes difficult to because they take you back emotionally to where it was when you wrote these songs? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's certain songs um, I, I like, you know, I think the first half of the record, it was very much the, the height of my breakup, mm-hmm. and I was very angry, and those feelings I really let go, mm-hmm. and, like, I think once you process your feelings and you move on from them, you can sing things and experience the, the same song um, and just experience it in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think towards the end of the record, um, towards uh, the what's called um, Don't Let Yourself Down and even right. the words you wanted when I sing those songs they just there's still um, a deep personal connection and mm-hmm. I feel it when I sing it live um, but I don't mind it I, I kind of embrace it yeah, it's, I it, wonder. it's what I went through I think about that after reading um, Jonathan Cain's book when he talks about you know some of the you know some of Journey's biggest ballads and, and you know where he was emotionally or a relationship he was in when he wrote them and then you fast forward 30-odd years and you're still doing those songs night after night that sometimes you've got to be like, man, I really hated that chick. I really hated that chick. But, you know, fans love this song. Uh, you know. Uh, no, that's true. That's true. And I think my, like, I mean, it's been almost two years, I think, since I, like, left, or almost two years, since I left my whole relationship mm-hmm. and all things like that. And although very much moved on past mm-hmm. it, it's right. still, you know, maybe in 10 years I'll feel, I'll feel like Jonathan. But right, right. now it's still, you know, there's still a little touchy things here and there. I mean, I'm not sure. going to fall apart and cry on stage, but... <laughs> right. Certainly understand that. Well, oh, yeah. Chloe, I want to thank you so much. Again, you're going to be in town with Rocktopia on May 7th. Um, do you have plans uh, beyond, you know, the record debut show to tour in this? Obviously, you don't have a whole lot of time between Rocktopia and, then you know, the TSO coming up this fall. Um, do you plan on yep. more live um, gigs? Of course. That is 100% the plan. Um, this Rocktopia tour has you know, been in the works for a while, so I knew it was coming. So sure. we're releasing the album. I'll obviously be selling the album um, uh, at the merch stands on Rocktopia awesome. so people want physical copies. And then, you know, you can come see me with Rocktopia for the three weeks. And then the plan after that is to hopefully to get to as many places as we can and do this thing live. Because even live, it's better. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. There's something about the live show that I think is really magical. Wonderful. Well, Chloe, I want to thank you so much, and we'll see you uh, here in just a few weeks. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time.
All right, that track was Renegade from the in-between from Chloe, which will be coming out on uh, the 19th of April. So by the time you hear this, it'll be either uh, at most a day before the album is released. It'll be available everywhere. Uh, Very, I think, an intelligent blend of pop uh, and rock. Uh, Got a lot of great flavors. I think anytime you see the name Al Petrelli involved with a project, you know it's going to be gold. So... Uh, Chloe, just an amazing uh, singer. Again, Rocktopia is touring right now. They are coming to uh, Pittsburgh on the 7th of May. That's the week before uh, Mother's Day. Maybe take Mom out to a show. Uh, it's going to be at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead. So you want to check that out. You can get tickets that are still available now. You can go to ticketfly.com or visit druskyentertainment.com. You can also visit us at ironcityrocks.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter are all forward slash ironcityrocks. You can drop us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Love to know what you like about the show, what you do not like about the show, suggestions for improvements, anything. We want to hear from you. So until next time, we want to thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 